finally here. Welcome to Do It With Dan. Entrepreneurial philanthropist, public speaker and author, creator of the Beyond Intention Paradigm. Here is your host, Daniel Mengena. Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode of Do It With Dan. I'm your host, Dan Mangena, and I'm here with David. David is a, a new acquaintance who I just loved a bit. He's doing some beautiful work in the world. He was, um, he was introduced to me by my favorite hot tub partner. Um, Matt, <laughs> Matt will know what I mean by that. And, uh, and since, uh, since being connected, I've had the opportunity of being a guest on his podcast uh, reading his amazing book, um, catching his live streams. I even managed to catch one live the other day, which I'm really, really excited about. Uh, so we're going to talk a bit more about about David, the work he's doing, about his book, and also to give you guys the opportunity to connect with his work because it's really, really great stuff. So, um, David, I've done my probably botched intro. Uh, why don't you? Why don't uh, your you intro was fantastic. I'm like, wow, I'm a great guy. I didn't even realize. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> why don't you? Uh, why don't you fill in any gaps that I've, that I've missed? Uh, let the people know who you are and what you're about. Certainly. Well, my name is David Strickle. I, I am a channel, and I, I'm sure most of your listeners know what that's all about. Uh, mm -hmm. I channel a group of non-physical entities that I refer to as the stream. Uh, that's been coming to me my entire life. I, I remember as early as age six, really kind of having an understanding of universal law that young. And sort of uh, understanding that a lot of things I was being taught uh, weren't really accurate or sort of counter to what I knew. And it was just a knowingness that I had. And then that knowingness sort of carried me through a difficult childhood. My father just left when I was six, uh, left it to my mother to kind of tell us what it was all about. She didn't exactly handle it in the best way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and she sort of re just retreated uh, inward after that. And so my brother and I were sort of left to raise ourselves. And when I get to my teen years and my brother, you know, was older, he moved out. My mother turned really hateful toward me. Uh, and it was a rough time. And, you know, I, this knowingness is what carried me through that time. And then I got a little older, uh, you know, sort of made friends with my mother. You know, when I started my own business at 19, I started, you know, supporting her, not fully supporting her, but helping her out, you know, doing things mm -hmm. for her. We became friendly. And then when I was 24, I had moved away and I came out of the closet at that point as a gay man and told her I was gay. And she never spoke to me again for the rest of her life, 20 years. That was it. So this knowingness sort of carried me through all of that and gave me a clear picture of the law of attraction, which to me is the same thing as spirituality. It's all intertwined. It's, it's, it's how all creation occurs and it's our connection to the energetic realm for sure. And I utilized it in such a way in my life that growing up the way that I did, I thought that money and material things was happiness. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm probably jumping way ahead here. <laughs> I tell you who I am, but, but you know, I did, I, I did, I, I identified, you know, the, the people around me that had money seemed happy to me. They were going to Disney world. They were going to summer camp. They had all these nice things. I didn't. And I, I thought my misery was based on our poverty but really, it was a combination of poverty, of course. Poverty can make you miserable in this life. And you know, not having those, the, the, the parental influence that I did. But the stream carried me through that. I didn't call it the stream at that point. I didn't even understand what it was. But that carried me along until I had a major awakening uh, around age 40 and really transformed my life after that. And that's where things really start to, to, to pick up for me. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And of course, you, you go into some of the stories. I, I mean, I recognize some of the some of the statements you just made, I recognize them from your book, 
because your book, the stream, yeah, the stream, yeah, yeah, everything's <laughs> the stream. The stream, it's a, the stream, <laughs> eternal wisdom for a better life. If you're searching, the there's a lot of books called the stream, but the eternal mm -hmm. wisdom for a better life is the, uh, yeah, the. I knew there was more to it, but my head went blank, and I just. But I'll always like the book. You can trust me to do that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll pop the uh, I'll pop the link for that in the show notes um, for people to to connect with that. But you, it, the, I love the way that it. There's the autobiographical element, and then the stream loops in and gives almost the macro fifth dimensional perspective on that period of your life. And as you're saying, you know, that knowingness carried you through. Going back, I can remember, oh, I can see how your knowingness, that filter that it would have come through, given that it's this, your connection to, to source stream that was, was giving you those insights that inner knowingness and how you were being carried and, and, and guided. And some instances I'd even say protected. Cause I remember um, even when there was a time when you, you were, you were living with a friend and then they had the super, super team Jesus family. And then you had to leave, but everything sort of worked out. And there's a couple of times when things looked a bit hairy. Yeah. And it always kind of, it always kind yeah, of, you know, there's, there's times in my life where I definitely, uh, you know, feel like I protected and I, and I hope everybody feels like that, you know, that you have mm -hmm. this, this guardian energy looking over you. And mm -hmm. I know certainly people have circumstances that don't work out, uh, you mm -hmm. know, where they do meet an early demise or something, you know, much worse than I ever encountered. And, and you know, I, mm -hmm. I think that, that we create those scenarios for different reasons and, and there's nothing mm -hmm. wrong with any life experience. But for mine, I realize now that, you know, I was sort of plotting alone with this higher intention of ultimately messing up a lot of things in my life and fixing a lot of things in my life and then becoming a teacher later in life where I am now at 52, mm -hmm. where, you know, I never thought I would be here. Mm -hmm. You know, I had this stuff coming to me and I, and I sort of utilized it again to, to, to really focus on money and material things. And I didn't want to be one of those quote unquote weird spiritual woo woo people. You know, I was a corporate <laughs> guy at the time. And, and I didn't like that aspect of me. It's like I was in the closet all over again. Yeah. You know, I mean, being a, a, a gay kid and I live in the United States and I lived, I grew up in the South where it was not okay to be gay yeah. at all. And <laughs> I love the double dip. That, oh yeah. I would have been, you know, who knows? I, there were no out gay people in my hometown in, in the eighties. I remember even you, you gave the example of when you were, uh, you started a new job. And they were like, yeah, we're going to be nice to this type of people, that type of people. And we'll, we'll, be, we'll look after the gays or something like that. And they said like a really derogatory. Uh, oh, yeah. No, I've, I've definitely, uh, I've sat in a meeting with a company where the HR people, this was way back in the early 90s. You would never hear this today. But where they said, mm -hmm. we encourage you to fire gay people. That's what it was. That's what it was. They, they were point blank. I didn't go that deep into it in the book. Um, I yeah. kind of glossed over it a little bit because it wasn't that big of a deal to me at the mm -hmm. time. Now I look back and realize, wow, that's monumental to have an mm -hmm. HR director sit and tell you that if there are gay people working at the company, we encourage you, it's okay to fire them for being gay. And they point blank said that. They were saying, right. you know, is it okay to fire somebody for being black? And of course, everybody in the room would say, well, no, of course not. Is it okay <laughs> to fire someone for being gay? It's exactly how they said it. And people said, no, 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 that's not okay. They stepped up and said, yes, yes, it is okay to fire them for being gay. And we encourage it. They said it just like that. And I was just blown away. <laughs> they, 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 sitting there, you know, the company is not in existence anymore, thankfully. Um, mm -hmm. 
but yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was really shocking to me and it really was a little frightening, but then that stream energy kind of came through and said, eh, you're going to be fine. Don't worry about it. And I ended up working for the company for a little while and I exited as soon as I could, but I needed to sort of get that experience under my belt to get into the field that I was in at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I moved on to, to other things. And, you know, I had another uh, negative scenario where I was definitely discriminated against for being gay early on. And then I sort of shifted gears and aligned myself with employment that was more congruent with who I was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have the ability to do that. And, you know, while I believe in having these protections that we have in our society, the message that I really want to get across from the stream is that you sort of need to have your own inner protection first, not sort of you do, mm-hmm. you know, you, you need to, to have an intention towards safety and an intention toward thriving and an intention toward well-being. And what I've learned is that, and this is a big part of the Taya practice that I know we're going to talk about in a little bit that we created, mm-hmm. that even when things seem like they're not going right, when things mm-hmm. go wrong, obstacles arise and, and, and we have these, you know, crisis moments even in our lives, that that's always a precursor to something bigger and better and more if we allow it to be. Yes. And I have proven that to myself throughout my life. There's never an end. And I've been, you know, a few times where I've thought, gosh, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, I, I left my job a very high paying job at the end of 2017 to do what I'm doing now full time. So I went from having a, you know, big fat paycheck every other week on schedule, you know, for 20 years, I was in that type of uh, employment really associated with the same company for 20 years. And I left that. And for over two years now, I haven't had that. And there have certainly been times where I've dipped down a little bit in lower vibration and thought, Oh my God, I'm going to be mm-hmm. living under a bridge soon or something. Doesn't change <laughs> business. And then I thought, no, that's not true. You know, look what you're doing. You've got to live by what you teach, David. You can't, you know, you, you're not allowed to go down here. You can't allow yourself to do that. You've got to have faith. You've got to trust. And that's what Taya stands for is trusting your abundance. Mm. And man, I just keep proving it to myself over and over and over again, that if I trust and I don't let fear creep in, everything works out every single time, always. And mm. I, I see that now because I teach this to people all over the world. And I see that now working in other people's lives. And the good news is they're learning it a lot faster than I did. It took me, you know, 40 years to figure out that I needed to be more of a complete human than just having money and things. And then it took me another 10 years really to get out of the body that I didn't like and to get out of the health situation I didn't like and get out of the marriage that wasn't good. Uh, Mm -hmm. Gosh, what else? But the final frontier was leaving the job because I'd manifested a very high paying job. I, I have no formal education whatsoever. And I was a top executive in a Fortune 500 company and I was making a lot of money. And that was kind of the last frontier. I had that, that, that foot still back in that old fear-based reality that I've got to be employed and I've got to have this big paycheck. And how am I going to live if I don't have, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars coming in? And when I finally left that, that was like, wow, this is mm. full on trust, you know, at age 50 you know, leaving a job, a lucrative job. My father thought I was nuts. You know, my father's an educator and my uh, sister's an attorney. My brother is an executive in another company. He's an accountant by trade. So they both did very well in school. I'm the middle child. Shocking, right? (laughs) (laughs) Of course, I'm the black sheep in every sense of the way. I was a gay kid and now I'm the, the, the spiritual one. And now I'm the spiritual one who channels. Oh my God, what is that? And not only am I the spiritual one who channels, I'm the spiritual one who channels who somehow figured out how to make more money than his two educated siblings and then walked away from it all. My dad is still like, what are you thinking? Oh my gosh, what are you doing? You had all this security. 
and, you know, the security wasn't, after a little while, the security was boring. I needed to do it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. He's like, um, you know what, though, I have to say, he has turned out, we've never been really close. You know, he left my life really when I was six. Mm -hmm. uh, I visit him once or twice a year, most years, uh, through my high school years. I think I went a couple of years without seeing him. He's, mm -hmm. he's stayed he's, you know, he tries, you know, he, he, he keeps communication open. I know that he cares about me. He mm. tries to open his mind to, to all of these things that I've, you know, thrown him uh, all these curveballs. That he, <laughs> have. And yeah, I appreciate him for that. You know, he's doing the best he can from where he's coming from. He grew up mm. very poor in Texas. He's never left the state of Texas as far as living. He's traveled certainly, but you know, he's, he's just from that, that mindset. And, and I know that he cares about me. I know that he does the best that he, he can and processing mm -hmm. who and what I am, the channeling thing, they don't get it all. <laughs> and that's okay. I, you know, and I wrote a book and I'm the only person in my family that's, that's published a book. Yeah. And I don't think they read it. Yeah. Yeah. And I told them, I, I, I texted or emailed my entire family and said, Hey, I wrote a book. You're all in it. Yeah. <laughs> my perspective of my childhood you, and you you know, my adult life. Yeah. And I, I've never heard a word from anybody about it. No one's ever asked me, is that me? Or, you know, what was that? Because yeah. they changed everybody's name in there. So. Of course, of course, of course. Yeah. Of course. Well, I mean, this, first of all, thanks for, for sharing and just what you do. Uh, I just, there's a few reasons why I just, I just love your work. Because there, there are people out there that channel. Um, I only really got into the jig of this side of this world. I say in the past couple of years, I've been in some gradient of alternate perspectives on reality for 20 years studying it. I was in a mystery school for a couple of years and I've, I've done lots of different stuff. But the more, as you say, woo-woo side of it, like the channel stuff, I just didn't really get. An ex of mine was obsessed with Abraham. I'm going back. Gosh, I don't know how many years I'm going back now. I think I'm going back eight years, eight years ago more than that yeah eight years ago um and she would listen every morning and all this stuff and i was like yeah cool whatever all right mate thumbs up and and then i i i got into that sort of thing again i think in the last year and a half i'd say not even the last two years but there's 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 a common thread between the channeled work that i can get with and the channeled work that i can't get with now obviously source energy source energy truth is truth but there's different languaging and there's different lenses through which that channeling still makes its way into the world and i love the the call to independence that the stream communicates to us through you the call to having our own stream uh connection to source the, the call to to trusting that we're always connected to source and it's just that connection that the simplicity of it not this convoluted science, but in the same breath, not so simple that it, it borders on questionably, <laughs> questionably simple. There's this beautiful dance between the beautiful textured nature of the universe, but also the simple nature of the universe. So I'd, I'd love to bridge over from what you've shared into the tire teachings and some of the core principles that, that you share in your work. Certainly. Well, and I will say too, that I realized, you know, I didn't know what channeling was. I, I had this mm -hmm. knowingness coming to me and this, this knowledge and, you know, I bounced around, you know, between my ego and my soul consciousness, if you will, <laughs> with it, you know, for years. 
Mm -hmm. And I kept it hidden, but the, the older I got, the more I found that it was really serving me and serving me in a much bigger way than I ever allowed. It was always there, but I never allowed that, that other part of the message to really come through. I was really uh, growing up gay in the South and in, in a Christian church. Um, you know, I sort of turned my back on religion because I felt like it turned its back on me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, it was, you know, I can't sign on to a religion that tells me that who and what I am is wrong. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I identified for a short while as an atheist, but I never really did because I always knew there was something, <laughs> this, this, you know, this knowingness was something beyond me. Yeah. So, you know, when I got older and I started, uh, my discovering of Abraham was a huge turning point for me. And I went mm -hmm. to a psychic, my mid thirties, I used to go to psychics all the time, really trying to make sense. I'm a, I'm a self-taught person in every sense of the word. I taught myself uh, everything about business. I taught myself uh, math. I taught myself how to write. You know, I wrote a book. I certainly, uh, I finished high school and got my GED in the 10th grade. So I didn't get past the 10th grade level in high school, really. So mm -hmm. everything that I know how to do today, I taught myself how to do, including how to tie a tie, shave, drive a car, swim. I taught myself everything. So I know that my path to learning how to channel was my, I was teaching myself. And I went to the psychic and I was going to psychics just trying to figure out what all this was that I was getting. When I got old enough to realize that not everybody was getting the level of what I was getting. And I finally met one that really, she was just so good. And she, she told me so many things about myself that there's no way she would have known. I think psychics do that very often just to prove that they can do what they're doing to you and get you to relax and receive the important stuff that's coming next. And yeah. she did that very well because she get into, got into you know my grandfather and my dog that had passed on all the stuff that she knew. And then when I was finally really eating it all up, you know, we dove into what I, what was going on with me. And she said, you're a channel. You are much like Abraham. Have you heard of Abraham? I said, no, I haven't. You know, and she pulls out this set of cassette tapes. Uh, this was, you know, this was pretty far along. This is around eight year 2000 or so. And she's pulling out cassette tapes from the eighties and this big plastic binder that looked very religious to me and Abraham you know, felt very biblical. And I thought, okay, that's great. I'm not going to pay any attention to that. <laughs> yeah, that's all Bible stuff that you're trying to push. Into, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I went a few more years and the, the book, The Secret came out. And when The Secret came out, I remember reading it and I, I never watched Oprah, but I happened to be home one day and Oprah was on and she had all the cast of The Secret on her show that one day that I watched. And I remember hearing that and thinking, this makes sense. This is what I've known my whole life. We mm -hmm. mentally place ourselves in the position of being and we become. Mm -hmm. And so I read the book. Of course, the book's a very easy read. And I watched the movie. And I just consumed it. I really got into the secret. And so I really started weaving. Now that it was sort of out of the bag and it was a little more mainstream, I started really weaving that into my business. And in doing so, I realized that, uh, you know, I, I could only go so far. It was going to get into religious teachings and I'm probably way off of what your question was, but I'll, I promise I'll get back. No, 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 so no, no. I was teaching this, this law of attraction stuff in my business and I was in Seattle, Washington. I just moved there and I was doing a seminar for interior designers. That was the business that I was in teaching them how to do business, how to sell because designers are usually artists and they need to, you know, to make money, they need to be able to sell and, 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 kind of control the process with the client and, and ask them for money and do all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's what I taught. I was very good at it for many, many years. And I would weave this stuff in. And after one of these seminars, a designer came up to me 
and said, you realize you're teaching law of attraction, right? And I said, yeah, but you know, I can't really call it that because I don't need HR telling me I'm teaching religion or something like that, you know, at work, mm -hmm. but I'm weaving this stuff in here. Sure. And she said, have you ever heard of Abraham? <laughs> said, yeah, I think I know that name. And this was years later in Seattle. It's from 2007, I think. And she said, uh, well, you need to, to listen to this. I have these CDs. We moved up to CDs at this point. <laughs> she brought me out a box set of CDs and she said, you need to take this home and listen to it. Well, I just moved to Seattle from Florida. I had this convertible uh, and I bought a house at the top of a mountain, not thinking that my rear drive convertible was never going to make it home every time it snowed and it snowed up there all the time. Well, my intention was I wanted a black Range Rover. I really wanted a black Range Rover at this time to get up the mountain. And it was just a great car. You know, they're really nice. And mm -hmm. so I was driving home that night and I had the set of CDs from Abraham in my uh, passenger seat. And I went to turn into my neighborhood. I look in front of me, there's a black Range Rover. I'm like, wow, that's my car. I looked at the license plate and the license plate was Abraham. So I thought, okay, <laughs> you know, I happened to turn on the TV with Oprah, you know, when the secret people were on and now I've got this Abraham you know, Range Rover right in front of me. <laughs> Obviously I need to pay attention to this stuff. So I went home and listened. It was the original recordings of Abraham and Jerry Hicks from 1988. Mm -hmm. I listened to all of it. After that, I became an Abraham junkie myself. Mm -hmm. And I, it was like music to my ears and it made channeling seem normal to me. It wasn't this freaky, scary thing. And I, and I, you know, once she told me I was a channel, I think I found Jane Roberts somewhere, you know, I don't know if YouTube was even around at that time. Somehow I stumbled upon that and it was, it was scary. You know, I thought she was possessed or something. It was very much like that. Well, then I really got into Abraham and I realized, okay, I'm getting all of this, but I'm getting more than this. And it's not to compare what I'm getting to Abraham at all, but I'm getting, there, there's more to this for me than mm -hmm. just what Abraham is sharing at this point. And so I started kind of breaking away and really going inward and building my own practice based on the teachings of Abraham and what I was receiving. Mm -hmm. And I started writing it. I started automatic, automatic writing at some point. Well, in 2010, uh, I had what is described by a lot of people as a Kundalini awakening. I was meditating. I was really into Abraham at this time. Uh, I remember, you know, sitting in my chair and I, I, I never did a special posture to meditate. I kind of just sit and get quiet and I go exactly where I want to go at this point. But in 2010, I had this, this sort of energy eruption at the base of my spine and it traveled all through my body. And since that happened, that energy is sort of alive in me all the time. If I really go down into low vibration, if I'm angry, if I'm upset, I lose it. Yeah. But most of the time I'm electrified. I am. I just feel wow. this electric energy flowing to That's me beautiful. and I can really amp that stuff up and get it really going to where mm -hmm. I just feel like I'm just buzzing, 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 buzzing. And so in these buzzing states, I was teaching myself how to write. I thought, okay, this is a connection. I know. I just know that it is. I'm going to sit and write. And when I would sit and write in that state after clearing my mind, this amazing information would come out. That's how I started writing the book. And ultimately I knew that if I was going to share it effectively with the world, I needed to speak it because I made my living traveling around and, and teaching people, you know, verbally mostly and connecting with people verbally. And so I started a podcast. That's where I started the stream of David podcast back in 2017 uh, and, and was speaking it. And in the beginning it was very rough. And if you listen to the podcast from day one up until now, it's over two years now of episodes you know, it get, it's gotten a lot smoother and a lot better. And I know Abraham started out very different and they've evolved over time. But I, I acknowledged uh, Esther Hicks work in my book because I would have never probably gotten comfortable with the stream had I not first experienced Abraham.
Mm. And I think Abraham is beautiful and perfect and it's exactly what it should be. And it's serving mm. its audience. And there's certainly people that are into Abraham and into the stream. And then there's some people that are more into the stream. Mm. And one of the first questions I asked the stream, when I really got into a conversational state with them, and now I get yes and no in my body and, and all these sort of things where I can communicate mm. with them very easily. But one of the first questions I asked was, well, why do we need another Abraham? Abraham's perfect. And, and even after long after Esther's gone, all of that is recorded information. And it's mm -hmm. based on universal law. Universal law doesn't change. We evolve, we change. But universal law is universal law. And it's simple. There's not a lot of it. Um, mm -hmm. I think humans, we, we very often need to take things from the energetic realm and make it way more complicated than it needs to be. And we've created mm -hmm. all of this, these humanized you know, versions of the energetic realm. And the stream says there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that it's fine, that angels and spirit guides and, and all of these things are very real to us and therefore they are real. Mm -hmm. that, that we sometimes, we, we really discount imagination as human beings in 3D when we forget the fact that everything that we've created as human beings starts as imagination. Yeah. And that imagination is real. Yeah. <laughs> so when you imagine something in that moment, that real. thing that you're imagining becomes real instantaneously. And when yeah. you imagine your future, you are creating your future. And when you remember your past, you're actually remembering your version of your past and you're mm -hmm. making that version real. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the work that I do in Taya is, you know, we all have these traumatic things from our childhood, certainly some of us more than others and other people much worse than mine. And I mm -hmm. work with these people now and bringing them to the point where they realize, you know, they've had this traumatic thing that happened to them. Maybe they were abused as a child. They've just had something horrible happen. And they keep telling the same story over and over and over and over and reliving it for their entire lives until mm -hmm. they find a path out of it. And a big part of the Taya practice is forgiving things from our past all the way to appreciation. Mm -hmm. And I've taken on some clients now in my boot camp that, you know, I thought, gosh, if we can get you... I have a woman from Seattle whose son was murdered by a serial killer. He was an anti-gay oh, wow. serial killer um, and uh, was, was killing gay people. And her kid was one of them. Uh, they met oh, at a wow. bar and they were walking home and he was in front of his house where she lived and the guy shot him in the face. He, he and another guy. And, you know, one of the, and I knew her, I, uh, her mother worked for me at the time and I went to the funeral. Wow. It was one of the saddest things I'd ever seen. 23 year old kid spoke several languages, you know, put himself through school I oh, was wow. working for Microsoft, just had his whole life ahead of him. And he's just gone because of this, this senseless mm -hmm. act. And she dealt with it for five years. And finally, uh, you know, we had connected on Facebook and um, she really got into the teachings and got into Taya, got into boot camp. And I've seen it transform her life from getting away from holding on to all of that anger toward the murderer and all of that, that uh, remorse about her son to having a great relationship with her son in his now state and to walking a path to not only forgiving the murderer, but eventually knowing that she needs to find appreciation for all of this and what it's done in her life experience. And she's already gotten to the point where she says that she understands that her son's life experience was that, that that's what it was. And there's no right or wrong amount of years to live on planet earth or even right or wrong way to depart. That this mm -hmm. was a co-creative experience. That was what his soul was seeking. And when you can get to that level of thought from, from our human state where we're, you know, she's supposed to be the angry, bitter mother of a murdered son for the rest of her life. Mm -hmm. But what is that doing for her? Mm -hmm. And what is, what does her son want for her? Mm -hmm. Right. You know, in his now state of pure positive energy, 
I know enough about the energetic realm to know that that was his experience. We've all been murdered. We've all had, you know, tragic things happen in other existences. And I don't know that we've all been murdered, but you know what I mean? We've all had yeah. things like that happen. Yeah. And I know in his state, he has nothing but love for all of it mm. and appreciation for all of it. And if she can match that, then she's connected to him. Well, I'll tell you what happened. The, it took five years because the guy uh, murdered a couple of people, a few people in Washington state. And then he went to New Jersey before he got caught and he murdered somebody there. Well, they caught him in New Jersey. They tried him in New Jersey. They convicted him life without parole. And it took them years for the state of Washington to extradite him back to Washington for him to stand trial there. So she went, she lived this for years because, you know, all of the, you know, it's on the headline of the news every day. Every time it comes around, it's a big story. So yeah, it's constantly bringing her right back into that vibe instead of just enjoying her son. And she would, she said she was cut off from him because she was grieving for him so much because she, she knew what that was all about, but she couldn't find her path. Well, while she was in boot camp, the extradition finally happened. They brought him back and she went and met him for the first time face to face in court. And she said it was sad. It was upsetting, of course. But after that, she used the tools that she's learned and she went out to dinner with her family. She went home that night. She stood in appreciation of all of it. And she said in her dream, she danced with her son all night. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, I can't tell that without getting upset. Yeah, I'm, I couldn't. It's hard to. But, it's but just, that's, that's, that's why I do what I do is to help people, you know, make sense of the senseless in our world, because having that, that source connection, I'll, I will tell you that I am not here to talk about what anybody else is channeling or what they think they're tapping into. I went through a lot of things in life where I was sort of just reaching out blindly into the energetic realm and, and just tapping into whatever was out there. Mm -hmm. And I tapped into all sorts of things. I had plenty of negative energy that I was tapping into. I had, mm -hmm. uh, you know, situations where I was seeing signs where I, I felt like I lived in three haunted houses in a row where I was manifesting uh, real I think physical. I, I, think I, I think I remember. Did yeah. And the book talks yeah, about yeah, it, you know, yeah. I, my yeah. house. And of course it was my manifestation. So it was very much like what we experienced in a horror film. Mm -hmm. So the, you know, I manifested all of that stuff. Well, what I decided was that if I have this ability to, to reach out and channel, I get to pick what I'm channeling. And a lot of people that channel, I don't know if they just don't choose to do that or they don't fully realize that, or they're just mm -hmm. tapping into something that, you know, that this energy feels like Archangel Michael to me. And that's a loving, pure, positive energy. And I want to channel that. That's great. You know, but what I decided, my belief system wasn't really built around religion anymore. And I knew that there was this, this core of energy in the energetic realm that was original thought, that's pure love, pure positive, and it's the most powerful force in the universe. And I think it flows through into all of us. I know it does. And we're all powered by that ultimately. We can shut it down, certainly. And when you see the worst of society, they've completely shut that down. And they're actually tapping into something far more negative or lower vibration, if you will. Mm -hmm. I decided I'm going to set the intention that, that I'm connecting to that. I'm connecting to, to the most powerful energy and I want to try to take that and filter it with my intellect and my vocabulary and make sense of it as best I can in my life to get what I want out of my life. It was a, it was a very selfish personal thing in the beginning mm -hmm. because I realized here I am at age 40, big, beautiful house, great cars, great clothes, all that stuff. And I'm still not happy. I want to figure out once and for all how to vibrate with a better body. I want to mm -hmm. figure out how to vibrate with a happy you know, romantic life. 
I want to figure out how to vibrate and have the type of uh, make my, you know, living the way that I want to do it and be comfortable with myself completely, completely out of the closet on every topic. <laughs> and, and I did, you know, as a transition period that took me 10 years to do, but it, in 10 years, I cleaned up all of that stuff with this connection, with this knowledge. And it's, and then I got to that point where it was like, I can't not share this anymore. I've got to share this with the world. I have to, it's too valuable for me to keep to myself. And my intention with it is to not have it um, twisted by me at all, because I see things, you know, and people are, are, are channeling and it's very much based in the religious teachings and stuff like that. Again, there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's serving an audience mm -hmm. and all of it serves religion serves. Mm -hmm. I am not here to judge. If, if you find solace in being a devout Southern Baptist, and, and you that's think? your, you know, that's your path and, <laughs> and you are happy with that and you're loving yourself with that. That's what Have you fun. should be doing. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're not all here for the same message because we're not all, no. all on, we're all on different journeys. Mm. But I knew that there would be people out there who would really resonate with the simplicity and the depth of the stream's message. And, and that's mm. what my intention is in sharing and not get in the way of it at all. You know, as long as I can figure out what the question is and, and, and as long as there are words, there are some times that I get ideas that we do not have words for. Mm -hmm. and, and so we find in by we, the co-creation between me and the stream in those moments, we find the best possible words to describe it the best way. When we say the core of source energy, well, it's energy. It's not physical. It's everywhere. But mm -hmm. the core would be the, the strongest, most powerful part. And that's how I describe them. They talk mm -hmm. about all souls sort of climbing this vibrational ladder through these, these lifetimes that sort of build one upon the other. And in doing so, we move more and more into that core of source and contribute more and more to it. It's not physical. We're not really doing that, but that's the best way to describe to people why we come to physical, why we live these multiple really infinite existences. We are energy. We are eternal. We are, have always been something and we will always be something. You know, and so I know that. And so when I hear somebody say that, well, this is my soul contract and I'm here, and this is, I have three lifetimes left. I, as a human say, where'd you get that from? Why do you think that that's, what, what are you going to do after this? You know, but from the strength <laughs> perspective, that's completely fine that that's their belief system because since it's their belief system, it is indeed their reality. Yeah. And it's not for me to judge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's why I do this dance. You get David, you get the stream. David is, <laughs> is, is ego and the stream is soul. And, and we all yeah. have that. And we're all at our best. We're balancing our ego and our soul consciousness because that. they both serve a purpose as long as we're physical. Mm. And if we let one get ahead of the other, then we're out of whack. So when we mm. get, when we try to shut the ego down, which isn't possible, but we try and have no <laughs> ego about anything and we just want to be spiritual beings, we're actually lim limiting ourselves and living in a very limited way when we want to just go and meditate all day mm -hmm. and not enjoy the physical reality that is this planet. And that's, you know, e even though I tell the story of reaching age 40 and having so much financial abundance and not being satisfied, I will say that financial abundance has its place on our, in our current world. Mm -hmm. If you like to travel, if you like to go have experiences, if you like to meet other people, which is one of the most satisfying things in my opinion that we can do, you need money to do that, <laughs> you know, but it doesn't have to mean that you need to, to, to win the lottery or have a super high paying job. It really is just about allowing 
I had another person take boot camp and she wanted to leave her job and she wanted to live all over the world teaching yoga and she wanted it to, to just have it be. Mm -hmm. And I did a, a follow-up meeting with her not long ago. And she's been out of boot camp for over a year. And she says, you know, I just, I keep thinking that it's not going to work. It's not, I said, well, how long have you been doing this now? Well, since she graduated boot camp, you know, she's been on three continents. She's teaching yoga. She has a roof over her head and food to eat everywhere she goes. She always has a plane ticket when she wants to go somewhere else. Yeah. So I think you're already there. I think, <laughs> I think you're doing exactly what you wanted to do. You just think that there has to be a pile of money in your bank account to keep mm. you going. But look, you've come this far. Mm -hmm. That was a, sort of a big aha for her. She says, you know, you're right. I yeah. am doing exactly what I want to do, exactly where I want to do it right now. Why am I worrying about what's next? I said, yeah, <laughs> when I met you, you didn't think you were going to be able to get where you are now. And yet here you are. And, the same, and I understand that because the same thing has gone with my business. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't have the income coming in from my business that I had for my corporate job consistently. Absolutely not. But I still live in a nice home. I drive my car. I have food to eat. I take the trips I want to take. Mm -hmm. I'm living. And I'm mm -hmm. doing it in such a way that I'm happier than I've ever been in my life. Mm. So it's not always about winning the lottery. It's not always about having a giant stash of money. In fact, you're not really trusting the universe if you, if need, you need to need manifest to money. Yeah, millions yeah. and sit on it because you, you're, you're not sure that you're going to be able to do it again in the future. Mm -hmm. I think there's something to be said there about the place that we're setting our intentions from and the energy that's around that, right? Um, like you said, if we're, I need a million dollars, but it really, it's all comes down to the intention and, and the belief system behind that desire. Cause no desire is wrong. Desire is just desire, right? Yeah. Some are more agreeable and some are less agreeable and some are more empowering and some are disempowering. But the fact of the matter is, is that, like you said, this lady's achieved, she's achieved what she wanted, but she was looking at it through this lens of lack requiring all this other stuff. And I'm sure that having had that realization, she's going to go on and not only experience more and more of the same, but do so more from a place of joy and actually fully embody all of those experiences. I think that's really beautiful. Yeah, definitely. You know, somebody years ago, and I forgot who it was, it might've been one of the people in the secret. They said that law of attraction is sort of like traveling this, this freeway. And if you think about the United States as vast as it is, you know, we have interstate freeways that go from coast to coast. And you get on the freeway in, let's just say, South Carolina, and you want to go to Los Angeles. You know there's a road to get there, and you know where you're going to end up, but you don't see the whole road and the whole path while you're going. You just see what's right in front of you. Mm. And that's, what, that's how universal law really works. You know where you want to end up, but don't worry about that. Just know that you're going to end up there and enjoy the journey. Enjoy what's in front of you right now. And that's a, that's a lesson that I think we all need to remember because we keep, it's so easy to get pulled back down into 3D. Mm -hmm. We're existing here in 3D. So of course that's easy. And, <laughs> and the fear-based teachings of you got to save money. You got to have a stockpile. You got to have a plan. What's your five-year plan? What's your 10-year plan? My plan is, is that I know what I ultimately want to do. I know what I want next. And I can't wait for the universe to just blow me away with how that happens because it's going to be so much better than anything I could possibly conceive. Mm. And, and that's that. how I've operated fully for the last two years. That's how I've operated. You know, I, I, and, and we've talked about, you know, money and, and spiritual connection, but even romantically, I, um, I, I was in a marriage with somebody when I moved uh, a couple of years ago and I left my job and moved to Palm Springs. So I'm living exactly where I want to live. I was in a marriage with somebody who was quite a bit younger than me and we moved here and the marriage just fell apart and we're friends now and it's great. 
And I remember thinking, well, I'm never going to have a relationship again. I'm never going to do this again. I'm just going to be single. I'm just going to focus on sharing the streams message. And that's going to be my life. And then all of a sudden I met somebody about six months later that I really thought, well, this is my high vibrational match. I really need to pay attention to this person. This person's the love of my life. It all fell apart. They turned out not to be what I thought they were. It was not a good situation. I wanted out of it. And I thought, why did I manifest that? You know, where did that even come from? Well, the interesting thing is, is that he introduced me to Michael, who I've been with now for seven months. And, you know, I'm only seven months in, but I can tell you at this age, you know when it's right and when it's not. Yeah, he's the love of my life. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's that's, you know, I, 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 instead of denouncing romantic relationships, I allow the universe to take me through these twists and turns, take me through the pain of meeting the first person, mm-hmm. experiencing that pain, knowing that something, and I knew, I remember sitting and telling my, I, I share everything in my life with my boot camp people and everywhere else, really. And I remember mm-hmm. sitting there and telling them that I'm in this situation and it's contrast for me. It's negative. I don't like it. I don't want it. I don't even know why I manifested this, but I know I will. And I mm-hmm. know I'm going to see on the other side what it's all about. And sure enough, he introduced me to this other person, this other person. I just went out and had uh, dinner one night. We just started talking and it was just magical from there. And every day is amazing and magical now. And I'm getting ready to actually move in with him in a couple of months. Uh, so it's just, it's, it's incredible. It's absolutely <laughs> incredible that it took me, you know, he's uh, 50, I'm 52 now. It took us this long to find this. Mm-hmm. I don't care how long it took to find it. We have it. It's amazing. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. And, mm-hmm. you know, I went through pain to get there, but that's the nature of life. And we have to know that when we're in the pain, when we have the diagnosis, when we have the empty bank account, when we have you know, something negative going on, we get fired from the job, that that's the universe really readying us for something else. But we have to get our vibe up and trust to allow that thing to manifest. Because if we get down in low vibration and we're you know, fearful and we're angry and we're upset and we're blaming and we're a victim, we're just going to perpetuate more of the same instead of allowing that little lesson that came through to actually blossom into something much better. And it does, you know, at 52, you know, I realize I'm not 90, but I'm 52. I'm halfway there, right? (laughs) I I have learned that every single negative thing in my life has flipped and blossomed into something amazing. And I could have never planned it that way. So why in the world do I want a five-year plan? The universe is going (laughs) to laugh at that anyway. Yeah, you have your little five-year plan. We got a whole different set of plans here for you, and I'm you're, you're just going to trust my nice. abundance. You have your plan. I'm going to trust my abundance. Exactly. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Dave, I want to give people the opportunity to obviously we've spoken a lot about your connection to stream, and, and as I said to you before we started today, people can go ahead and join your Facebook group, Law of Attraction 2.0. Yes, it's Law of Attraction 2.0 on Facebook is a private group yeah. that you can join, and uh, yeah. I also I have a Facebook page, The Stream of David. Uh, okay. as well, well and we're actually, on instagram and uh we're everywhere is the stream of david instagram yeah, more, twitter i don't tweet much i know you're a, a tweeter <laughs> yeah I've been, uh, I've, been t- I've been back on the tweeting recently just yeah that's good little, well you yeah. know all these platforms have all these people out there that you can connect with so they all have value mm-hmm. you know instagram mm-hmm. has been a good one for for me uh, i'm really working on more youtube now we're doing live streams now to youtube right mm-hmm. channel live to facebook and youtube simultaneously so you can oh. go on either platform because some people just don't want to be on facebook so yeah. now I have another way for them to just hop on YouTube and they can actually watch the live stream of me channeling the stream, type in questions and get their questions answered. So if you uh, subscribe to the stream of David uh, page on YouTube, you can participate in those or you can join the Facebook group or you can do both. Okay. Well, I didn't know you were on YouTube as well. Cause I, yeah, I've, 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 I normally catch the, um, 
the replays when I sit down on the weekend and I get time to catch up with content. I, I don't consume as much content as I put so much content out, I consume very little. But um, there's, when I do get the time to sit down, definitely hopping on and, and catching your streams is one of the things I do love to sit down and do. But again, I was so happy I got to catch you live. I was on Facebook. I said, that you were like, yes, I get to watch it live. And the funny thing was, it's exactly what I was um, wrestling with that day was exactly the first thing that you were talking about as soon as I got, and I think I even said perfect timing or something on the on, Yeah, on the that's chat. great. Yeah, that's yeah and I can't, I love, I love the live stuff. And I love technology, you know, I love to live stream. I think that that's, you know, a good way to reach people all over the planet. You know, I have people, mm -hmm. I've had people in bootcamp, really from the podcast. Uh, I've had people in Abu Dhabi, Saudi Arabia, all over Australia, all wow. over Europe, you know, take my boot camp. So it's a very, uh, very international boot camp at this point because of the podcast. And now we're on a rate. We have a radio show that just launched yes, last course. Monday on Ohm Times Radio. It's also the stream of David. Yeah. <laughs> and it's uh, live every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific uh, uh, on Ohm Times Radio. So you can find that online. And it's, it's a cool radio network. There's all kinds of stuff on there. It's all spiritually focused. Uh, but we'll be on there and I will have other people on with me as guests, just like what you do here. And then we'll also do a lot of uh, channeling on there and you'll be able to call in and talk to the stream right now on Facebook. You can't do that. Uh, mm -hmm. But with the radio show, you can actually call in and speak directly with me as I channel oh. the stream. You're actually talking to the stream when you do that. Nice, nice, nice. And then ultimately when I get the next book out, we're going to start traveling and doing workshops uh, in the cities, which will be nice. Beautiful. Beautiful. I remember you said you did it. Was it Palm Springs? Palm Springs you did it once? Uh, I've done live workshops in San Francisco, LA, and Palm Springs at this point. Yeah, it's I think it's amazing. I love doing it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, we need to have more time because there's always like a line of people that we can't get to that want to come up and sit and talk to the stream. Uh, mm -hmm. So I need to do something that's more more of like a four or five hour workshop, and I'll, I'll start doing those. Uh, it's probably going to coincide with the launch of the Taya book. Good, 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 brilliant. And we'll make sure that we get you on close to that time so we can share that with the people as well. So, um, streamofdavid.com. The stream of david.com. <laughs> Brilliant. So, make sure people uh, have a look at that to find out more about Tyre, the boot camp. Um, we'll make sure we put some links for people to hop on and, and join you guys with the podcast. And anyway, guys, I just implore you go ahead and soak up some of this content. It's really great. David posts these little one or two minute clips pretty much every day on his Instagram as well. He just gives like a little bite-sized chunk of message and they're really, really cool. And if you follow me on Instagram, you've probably seen some of the posts that I've shared uh, from David. So David, is there anything that you'd love to leave the people with before we sign off today? Yeah, just, it's, it's always great to meet new people and, and connect with new people. And, and I'm so grateful for you for having me on. Uh, it's My always friend. fun to, you know, we just get along so well, you know, it's like that, yeah. uh, that, that soul connection thing. When you meet somebody, you feel like you've known them your whole life and you're definitely one definitely. of those people for me. I oh, appreciate it. Likewise, likewise, likewise. I'd be back over the border. I think, um, I think me and Algo would be in the, in California in May, by the look of it, May and definitely a bit later in the year. So when yeah, we are, yeah, definitely let me know and we'll, yeah, we'll meet up out here in the desert or maybe in LA yeah. or something like that. Yeah, we'll come and do a double date for sure. Do a double date for sure. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks so much for sharing your story and just being vulnerable with us and sharing about your, your journey and talking about your beautiful work. I'm looking forward to some of the dreamers coming over and connecting with, with the stream through you and your work there. Um, really, really excited to, to be able to, to co-create this with you. It's been my absolute pleasure. Everyone, as always, dreamwithdan.com forward slash Facebook to join the Dream with Dan Facebook group. Uh, we have cool content in there all the time. We're building a community of dreamers where we're all 
consciously, deliberately choosing to live a more abundant, joyful, purpose-driven life. I've been your host. David's been my, my guest. Um, it's been a pleasure. Sending you all so much love and keep dreaming with your eyes open. Bye for now. Thank you, Dan. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Duo with Dan with your host, Daniel McGenna. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit www.dreamwithdan.com for updates for more exclusive content. We'll catch you on the next episode of Do It With Dan.